Hey everyone, I'm David Chalian, the CNN Political Director. This is the CNN Political Briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, August 29th. With just over 10 weeks to go until midterm election day, President Joe Biden is going on offense precisely at the same time that Republicans are beginning to worry this may not be the wave year they thought it was. Well, this is certainly proving to be one of the more uncertain midterm election seasons in memory. Uh, Usually, as the calendar is preparing to flip towards Labor Day and head into that fall campaign home stretch, it's usually pretty clear uh, where the winds are blowing. And this season has just been completely sort of upended that notion of conventional wisdom, that the president's party will definitely suffer, or that the out-of-party is going to score huge gains. It is not at all clear if, indeed, the Republicans are going to be able to deliver the kind of wave election that throughout the whole spring they were sort of boasting about and actually anticipating. So why is that? Well, one, We always talk about the president's approval ratings. And one thing that we've noted here on this podcast is that the president's approval rating does not necessarily seem to be this season sort of a defining characteristic of the midterms. A lot of the Democratic candidates running for Senate or the House are sort of overperforming Joe Biden's numbers. So it's less of a weight around their neck uh, than history suggests it should be, at least now. Again, we've got plenty of time to go, folks. But Biden's approval number, according to the most recent CNN poll of polls, has ticked up a bit from 36 percent on average up to 40 percent on average. But here's the thing about a 40 percent approval rating. It's still terrible. So that isn't great solace to Democrats, but at least it's heading in a direction they would prefer to see than the other way around. But what else is really going on here that's uh, giving the Democrats some sense of optimism? Clearly, This post-Dobbs decision moment after the court overturned Roe v. Wade has injected a ton of enthusiasm and energy in Democratic ranks. That, that, That is one. But two, the news is dominated now every day by Donald Trump again. This is precisely why, by the way, Republicans were hoping he would not announce his presidential campaign in the midst of the midterm season because he consumes all the oxygen. And so now the FBI search of his home in Mar-a-Lago and all the Trump investigations are so front and center that it is reminding some independent voters about what they rejected in 2018 and 2020 in the Trump years. And so that is playing here. And I will tell you, Joe Biden is leaning into that. He often says, do not compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And when he went to his first big campaign rally last week in very blue, safe Democratic Rockville, Maryland, he made the case to voters to compare the alternatives. Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans have made their choice to go backwards, full of anger, violence, hate, and division. But we've chosen a different path. Forward, the future, unity, hope, and optimism. This fall, there'll be a choice between these two visions. Now, when he was behind closed doors at a DNC reception, he reportedly criticized what he refers to as sort of the GOP extreme MAGA philosophy as, quote, it's almost like a semi-fascism. 
that gave Republicans the feeling that they had some opening there to jump in there, that the sitting president of the United States referring to the opposite party as a semi-fascist party is a bridge too far. So listen to Republican Governor Chris Sununu from New Hampshire on State of the Union on CNN discussing this with my colleague Dana Bash. When we allow ourselves just to talk in these extremes, we polarize the country, we bring people bring people further apart. If I remember, this was the guy, uh, the, the, the candidate at the time, to be president that said he was going to bring everybody together and then to call half of America fascists. Come on. He, he owes an apology. That's not appropriate. That isn't leadership. Given the events of January 6th, given Donald Trump's continued efforts to overturn a legitimate election, including as recently as today, calling for a redo election of the 2020 election, it's not entirely clear that this little dust up or war of words between Biden and some Republicans in the last couple of days has legs, whether or not uh, Democrats will continue to use that term, quote unquote, semi-fascism that the president used uh, remains to be seen. But the White House says do not expect an apology from Joe Biden on that one. And speaking of President Biden, the White House has announced he's going to spend Labor Day in two battleground states. He's going to be in Wisconsin and in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Well, what do those two states have in common? Besides the fact, of course, that Joe Biden flipped both of those states from red to blue in the 2020 presidential election. These are the two states that Democrats believe they have the best chance to convert a Republican-held Senate seat to a Democratic Senate seat. Pat Toomey retiring in Pennsylvania. So that sets up the Fetterman versus Oz matchup there. And you've got the lieutenant governor, Democrat Mandela Barnes, trying to unseat the incumbent Republican Ron Johnson for the Senate seat in Wisconsin. The fact that Biden is going there to those two states indicates a White House eager to be on offense, not just defending the potentially vulnerable Democrats in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, New Hampshire. Speaking of Mehmet Oz, Mitch McConnell, the Senate minority leader who would like to become the majority leader and who lately has been sort of pouring cold water on the notion that perhaps he is on the cusp of winning the majority. Listen to McConnell talk to reporters today about his annual August fundraiser, courtesy of WAVE. I pick out three of our candidates every summer that I think have the best shot at winning and invite them. And I picked these three because I thought they were in critical states and had a, had a good chance of winning. He invited Ted Budd, the candidate in North Carolina on the Republican side, as well as Herschel Walker in Georgia and Mehmet Oz from Pennsylvania. Despite the fact that people around Mitch McConnell have suggested he has not been thoroughly impressed uh, with Oz's campaign performance thus far. Nonetheless, he told reporters today he expects these three candidates are in a position to win. Now, clearly, Republicans believe that inflation, even with dropping gas prices, that crime in America, that immigration, all of these things are still going to contribute to an advantageous political environment for the party out of power. But some Republicans, according to my colleagues Melanie Zanona and Manu Raju, have begun thinking that perhaps if they do indeed win a majority in the House of Representatives, it will be a more narrow majority than they originally envisioned. I mean, at one point, Kevin McCarthy was boasting a potential 60-seat victory. That does not seem to be, according to their reporting, the sense now. And a potential smaller majority could cause complications for Kevin McCarthy as he seeks to become speaker and if he is, as he seeks to govern. Because there may be a bigger swath 
of sort of MAGA, Trump-affiliated style Republicans in a Republican majority, and that may prove treacherous for McCarthy to navigate as he tries to actually have a governing majority next year, should that come to pass. So as I said at the top, this is an uncertain moment. Clearly, the political environment has changed in the last couple of months. What remains as the big question hanging over the race with 10 weeks to go is, has it changed significantly enough that Democrats can actually upend historic trends when it comes to a president's first midterm? Has Donald Trump scrambled American politics so much that any sort of relying on history as a guide just is a fool's errand? Well, we will learn that in the weeks to come. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And please take a moment and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.